is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, everybody. Welcome into another Future Brew podcast here on SB Nation's Maze and Brew. Wow, we have quite the interesting podcast today. Uh, probably one of the more interesting ones that we'll probably have here um, on the pod. This is, uh, I mean, there's no, no real need for introduction today. I'm Vaughn. Joining me is John Simmons, as always. Uh, we've had quite the last 12-hour uh, period here as uh, fans of Michigan and just Michigan basketball. It has been quite the interesting 12 hours. Uh, obviously, on Monday, Josh Christopher had hinted at committing at 3 o'clock. 3 o'clock came and went, didn't happen. And this was Pacific time, so 6 o'clock Eastern time if you're out here on the uh, Easter Standard Time, like uh, John and myself. And then it kept going and going and going. And then 11-24 comes around, and he commits to Arizona State. Shocks everybody. It's something that he had mentioned in the past. He wanted everybody to be shocked when his decision was announced. And he said that some people would hate him, some people would love him. And uh, obviously, just given the Comment section on amazingbrew.com. He does have a lot of haters on our end of the spectrum as of today. And then, out of nowhere, Isaiah Todd, a Juwan Howard's lone five-star left in the class, or I guess his only five-star ever period in the class, decides to decommit from the class and go play overseas. And given the timing of everything, timing is, is of the essence, John. And, uh, I, just me personally, I don't know how you feel, but 
with these two things happening so quickly in, in the short amount of time that it happened, my gut instinct is that Josh Christopher's decision kind of swayed Todd to commit to playing overseas. Now he had been mulling this decision for a while. He had committed before the fall signing period. He didn't sign during the fall signing period, which kind of meant that option was still on the table in case he had wanted to do that. And I think Josh Christopher's decision kind of swayed things uh, for Todd to go play overseas. Now, as far as Michigan's class goes, uh, they've still got Hunter Dickinson. They've still got Zeb Jackson. They've still got Terrence Williams. It's going to rank them somewhere around 13 or 14 overall uh, on the uh, uh, rankings. They were at four, and uh, they they took quite the tumble now with uh, Todd decommitting and Christopher going to Arizona State. So with all this adding up, John, just give me your initial thoughts with Christopher, with Todd, uh, with everything going on. And, uh, yeah, the floor is yours, my friend. I'll let you have it. Yeah, it's been – another gut punch usually basketball is the the Michigan sport where things unexpectedly happen in good ways where you know your expectations are low and then it surprises you but this just uh, reminds me of the 2018 football loss to Ohio State where you get gut punched there then you lose a guy like Zach Harrison this is kind of what it felt like to mm-hmm. uh, to me you know losing out Josh Christopher then Isaiah Todd I do think that probably had a factor on Todd. Um, but yeah, these, these dominoes are, are pretty tough. Uh, I don't know. There's, there's not much to say right now. It just, it, uh, it's, it stinks for sure. It's going to leave a hole, I think in Michigan's roster right now, especially at the guard spot, speaking about Christopher now, um, you know, having the Julius back on the team would be nice. Although that's uh, not going to happen anymore. He posted stuff on Twitter saying that, he was gone for sure. So now I think, I mean, Howard's going to have to go into the transfer portal again and find some guys that he can use to plug uh, the roster. It's just crazy how quickly it went from there's being, you know, how are we going to fit all these guys in? Jay Sauer needs to walk on. What's the scholarship situation going to look like to now we have two or three open spots on the roster. Um, and then there's going to be a lot of trans or a lot of attrition next year with, Guys like Austin Davis and Mike Smith leaving, uh, you know, someone like uh, Franz may go pro. So it's going to be a big recruiting class. So we'll have to see mm-hmm. where it goes. Hopefully he can bounce back on the trail. Not to mention Isaiah Livers. If he comes back, he'll be a senior and he'll have to uh, uh, be gone off the team as well since he didn't redshirt his freshman year. But, yeah, it, it is real crazy to, to, to think that, you know, there was the report that Jace – Howard was uh, walking on and uh, the mindset was, yeah, Christopher was going to come in. We need you to walk on so we can fill this roster spot because we've still got Isaiah Todd in the class and all of these other things adding up. And now uh, they're looking at a big hole. And I know that they've got Mike Smith coming in, uh, the transfer point guard uh, over from Columbia University. So that's good that they got him on board. Uh, He'll probably have to pick up some significant minutes next season. Uh, whether that's uh, coming off the bench uh, like a Duncan Robinson used to or just, uh, you know, filling the hole in the starting lineup. We'll see how quickly Zeb Jackson can get acclimated to the college game and see if he can uh, lend his hand 
in things as well. But it, it's certainly going to be an interesting uh, signing period here. We'll, we'll see if they can go back to the transfer portal, see if there's another guard, uh, maybe another two players that they could get. Um, I, I, I think that that wouldn't be out of the realm of possibility. I, I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think they end up getting anybody else uh, on the transfer market. But, uh, I mean, it's recruiting. Weird things happen all the time, and we've had quite the last uh, – the twelve the last twelve hours have been nothing short of weird, uh, so it it would not shock me to see them uh, dip their hand back into the transfer portal. So uh, it looks like twenty four seven just updated the rankings. It looks like Michigan is now ranked twelfth in uh, the twenty twenty class after all of this, uh, factoring in the uh, transfer of Mike Smith and uh, of course uh, Dickinson and Williams still appear to be locked in and uh, will probably sign on Wednesday. So uh, definitely, uh, it, it's just, it, it leaves you with no words sometimes, John, when things like this happen, and especially all at one given time. It's a lot to uh, digest here. Uh, just, I mean, just thinking last night, waiting for Christopher com- to commit, that uh, Jawan Howard in his first full class at Michigan, first full recruiting class, could get two five-stars. And uh, it's something that John Beeline had never really done during his time at Michigan. I, he had, a, he, he had uh, Glenn Robinson, I believe, was a five-star. And I know Mitch McGarry was real close to being a five-star. Uh, but now it's, it's looking like uh, Howard's probably not going to get any in this class. Greg Brown is st- still there for the taking. The a five-star forward out of Texas. But it looks like he's going to stay uh, in state there, whether that be at the University of Texas or at a place uh, – uh, not too far from Texas. Uh, we'll certainly see how all this plays out. Um, but as of right now, it's looking like Michigan's probably just going to uh, have to lock in its current class with Jackson, Dickinson, Williams, and Smith. So uh, we'll see. It's going to be a quick turnaround uh, period here for Juwan Howard these next couple days with the assigning period beginning. But um, I probably wouldn't anticipate any additions at, at this time, especially not from Greg Brown. I don't see him leaving Texas at all, but uh, that would be another stunner if, if he did commit to Michigan by any means. But uh, definitely a big uh, punch in the face, a kick in the jejunum, whatever you want to call it. It is uh, it, it leaves a bitter taste in your mouth to uh, see all this happen. And uh, I, I'm confident that Jawan Howard will bounce back on the recruiting trail. 2021 is not off to a great start with uh, a number one point guard, Christian Lander committing to Indiana, uh, despite him saying that he had grown up a, a big time Michigan fan, but in the state of Indiana, I guess, I uh, guess he wanted to, to stay home and, and be the uh, hometown hero, so to speak. But I'm confident Howard will uh, bounce back here and, and he's going to have to fill up a, a pretty big time 2021 class here. Yeah, I think it's still important to remember that Michigan still has three top 100 guys in their class, even without Christopher and Todd, which is definitely still a step up from the Beeline recruiting eras. But yeah, you you wonder, uh, you, you'd see now why Beeline got so frustrated with recruiting at uh, at the major co- college level, uh, dealing with these guys. You never know what's going to happen. You have a kid committed for months and then he leaves two days before signing day. Um, so yeah, you can kind of see how years of that frustrated him and why he maybe didn't pursue the, the top level, top 10, you know, guys in the country, like Howard has tried for this, this year. And you kind of wonder if maybe now you'll see him going back to like 
that sweet spot of like the, the top 25 to 60 guys, you know, in the country who maybe aren't one and done type are going to stay around for uh, two, maybe three years in the program, have a chance to develop and then go to the, the NBA that, you know, makes it a little easier to recruit year in, year out. You're not left trying to replace half your roster every year. Um, it can make things a little more easier, build some team chemistry better. So we'll see if that changes uh, how Howard recruits at all. Um, but yeah, 2021 is going to be major for the program. It'll be his first full recruiting cycle. Like you said, there's there's some good in-state guys that have offers. You know, there's Jaden Aikens, the point guard. That would be a good place to start if they miss out on Kennedy Chandler, who looks like he's all Duke right now. So yeah, um, it'll probably end up being Aikens, if I had to guess. Um if they if they wanted him but you know there's like three or four top 100 guys just in the state of michigan so it's a good base to start out with um there's not a lot of offers out right now um for 2021 kids but i'm sure that'll start picking up soon um so yeah we'll we'll have to see how it goes he's got a lot of work howard's got a lot of work ahead of him but i, I don't think this is gonna impact him too much on the trail he's still gonna be a grinder going out there getting the relationship with kids um, you know, he's still a guy that everyone wants to be around and all the, the parents of kids love and uh, things like that. So I don't think it hurts his, like, recruiting acumen, you know, or how it doesn't affect Michigan's pitch to any of these kids. Yeah, I, I don't think so either. I think, like you nailed it on the head with, I think he's still going to be a grinder too. He's That's just how he's always been, even when he was uh, – even before he was a uh, – member of Michigan basketball when he was a player. He was out recruiting for Steve Fisher. The reason that Chris Weber ended up signing at Michigan, it wasn't because of Steve Fisher, it's because of Juwan Howard and his relentless recruiting efforts as a player and as a friend. And uh, you can say that pretty much the same thing for that entire class. Juwan Howard was the first one to commit to the Fab Five class and he helped Steve Fisher out a big a, a big time with uh, with that whole class getting everybody together, and uh, I, I have faith that he's going to continue to do that as Michigan's head coach. I think he's still going to go after guys like Lander, even though he's committed to Indiana at the moment. Kennedy Chandler, I wouldn't put too many eggs in that basket because he he just seems like another kid that really enjoys the process of the recruitment, and uh, he's got a lot of real big time offers there. You mentioned Duke probably being the favorite, uh, but he's being hounded by a few other schools too. So I probably wouldn't go too hard after him, just given the fact that he just seems kind of like another Josh Christopher in my eyes, at least that uh, he just loves the spotlight and he's going to drag this recruitment out. So I would probably have some, uh, some options elsewhere. Well, you mentioned Jaden Atkins. I think he's probably a pretty good bet to uh, uh, for Juwan Howard to go after pretty hard there. Uh, Pierre Brooks is another guard uh, in state. He's I think he's from Detroit, actually. He's he's another top 100 kid. And uh, Max Christie was probably the one five star that I think that uh, Juwan Howard had uh, going pretty early on. But things seem to have cooled there a little bit. But, yeah, I mean, 2021 is going to be big time for this program. We'll see if they're able to rebound it all, and uh, we'll definitely see if uh, they switch up the recruiting tactics at all a little bit. I wouldn't be too shocked if they go after more guys like like Zeb Jackson, like Terrence Williams, like you mentioned, that aren't high elite five-star guys but are still talented enough 
that uh, they would stick around for a couple years. Maybe I think Williams will be a three or four year guy. I think Jackson will be a two or three year guy. Dickinson could be a one and done just depending on how quick he's able to catch on to things. And if he can beat out Austin Davis for the starting spot, uh, I, I wouldn't be too shocked to see that happen. Uh, Davis really turned it on it uh, late in the season, but uh, Dickinson's just super talented player uh, was the uh, Gatorade player of the year in the state of Maryland. And uh, he, he's got a, a unique skill set that Austin Davis doesn't necessarily bring to the table. So uh, we'll see how everything plays out. Um, I mean, just in general, though, this this is a uh, it's a big gut punch. I had uh, I was just trying to remember some of the recruitments uh, in recent memory that were real stingers to the Michigan program, whether it be football or basketball. And Isaiah Wilson was the uh, first one that came to mind for me, just uh, being in my college apartment uh, watching this live stream, this awful, awful live stream of this. Uh, I, I want to say it was like a Christmas program or uh, something along those lines. And then everyone was expecting him to commit to Michigan. Michigan had led for so long and then he commits to Georgia. I think that was the one that uh, re- really stood out to me. Najee Harris, of course, being another one uh, that, that stands out, just him dragging it out until the last second and then committing to Alabama over Michigan there were a few other ones, but uh, those were the two that stood out to me. And I, I, on days like that where it's just gut punch after gut punch, you can't help but just go back and remember those other times that uh, the Michigan program has been uh, just the victim of uh, recruiting loss after recruiting loss. And you mentioned Zach Harrison earlier, and that's another pretty good one uh, that seemed like Michigan was neck and neck the entire time with Ohio State. But in my mind, it, 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 there probably wasn't ever a, uh, a big battle there, but he, he kept it interesting for us at the very least. So um, just in days like these, you got to just keep your head up and uh, look back on those recruiting losses and then just look forward to the future. And hopefully there will be some recruiting wins uh, on the horizon here, John. Yeah, I hope so. I mean, there's going to be more recruiting wins. Uh we already talked about how Howard's not going to quit. He's going to keep going. Um, it, I don't think the expectations for next year's team are definitely lowered now. The ceiling is is not as high as it would have been with two five-stars in the class. We'll have to see how the, the rest of the roster shakes out. You know, one interesting thing I saw uh, when people, you know, are throwing out guys to maybe add, add was DJ Carton, the point card from Ohio State who's transferring you know, he was another mm-hmm. kind of previous recruiting gut punch before he was had all the crystal balls to Michigan. But then right before he decided, they all flipped to Ohio State um, real quickly. He would solve a lot of issues on the, the roster as a point guard, uh, former top 50-ish. Oh, he's a five-star guy. Yeah, he was um, a five-star player. Yeah, that really liked Michigan, obviously. At one time, at least. Right. That that would be a, a, certainly a funny uh, battle to, to win in the end if – uh, Michigan ends up going after him. He could definitely probably get a waiver too because he the reason he's transferring is for his mental health. So you'd think that uh, the NCAA would let him play immediately, although whoever knows with them. Um, but that's just kind of a an interesting, you know, hypothetical to consider. Um, but yeah, it's next season will probably be probably similar to this season actually, kind of 500 in Big Ten play. We'll get to hopefully, you know, the second week of the tournament and then 
uh, I think Howard can still definitely sell the, the hope of the program, you know, getting the trajectory right and taking the, the next step up. Uh, I don't think any of his, like, shine has diminished. So he should be able to still sell guys on lots of playing time. It's going to be a big class. Uh, so, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. Uh, he's going to have to get to work right away. Uh, yeah, I don't know. You just have to get over these things, I guess, is what a what I'm trying yeah. to think about. You know, just move on, look to the future. How are you going to make it better? Yeah, it's like being back in high school and, you know, you're trying to take out the girl and the girl's seeing some other guys and you think she's going to pick you. And then at the end of the day, she ends up picking the high school quarterback and you got to just uh, move on and uh, look ahead to uh, brighter horizons and things like that. Just, you know, you got to kick the tires on these things sometimes and sometimes it just doesn't work in your favor. Other times it does. Michigan's had its fair share of big recruiting wins. This just isn't one of those times where you can say it's a big recruiting win. This is a, a huge recruiting loss. Uh, let me ask you this, John. With Christopher heading to Arizona State and Todd going, you know, wherever, whether it be Europe or, you know, somewhere overseas, he's going to play professionally. Which do you think is the bigger loss for Michigan at this moment? Obviously, guard is, is a weaker position, but Todd gave the type of versatility that Michigan really hasn't seen uh, in the front court in a real long time. Uh, so given all of that, well, who do you think is the bigger loss at the moment with Todd being committed already and then deciding to decommit and go overseas and given his position versatility? Or is it Christopher with the ability to to score uh, anywhere on the court and be able to be that go-to guy that Michigan hasn't really had one of those guys in a while either. I'd say probably Derek Walton probably being the last uh, guard that could step up and, and score in a big-time moment. Yeah, if I had to choose one to be in the class, I would, I would probably pick Christopher. Um, I think the, the depth in the backcourt is a little thinner right now, especially at the two-guard. Um, you know, we got Zeb Jackson still coming in, but with DeJulius uh, transferring, there's not going to be a lot of guys that can play there unless you want to stick Franz there, but he's pretty big. You'd have to be a tall lineup. Um, yeah. But yeah, like the, the go-to score aspect that Christopher brings is, I think, is such a big deal. You know, Michigan struggled to find to have a guy that you know they could just give the ball to who can create shots on his own and uh spark the offense a little bit when they need it the last couple seasons they haven't had one um so i think he would have been a huge uh addition you know would have handled the ball a lot and would definitely have kind of transformed how it looked on the offense for sure um todd definitely would have been nice to have like you said he's a he's just a freak athlete he could probably play any position on the court that he wanted uh he would have been good uh, to have in the in the bigs there, but I think there's just a little more uh, depth there that uh, you can play with, like you can have. Um, and uh, like he shoots threes, he has some range, but I think he's mostly a more down low guy. So I think uh, I'd rather have Christopher at this point. Yeah, I, I yeah, I'm leaning back and forth on it quite honestly because the the prospect that Todd is. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's just a super freak athlete. He can dunk, he can shoot threes, a really good defender. He can block really well. Uh, but yeah, that that spark of offense that Christopher would have been able to provide for Michigan would have just been real nice and something that Michigan hasn't really had in a long time, a go-to score at the guard position. They really haven't had one of those 
in my opinion, at least since Derek Walton, and you could say Jordan Poole or a guy like that, but there were just flashes of inconsistency in Poole's play uh, when he was with Michigan for the two years. But yeah, I mean, both would have definitely been nice to have. Obviously, Michigan's going to have to uh, face the music here and and roll into next season with none of those guys. Um, so, yeah, well, they're, they're really going to have to rely on, on guys like Jackson to step up, guys like Dickinson to step up. It's it's going to be uh, – it's going to have to be a quick learning curve for these young guys, these freshmen coming in, and uh, hopefully Mike Smith can uh, provide some, uh, some uh, much-needed – playing time at the guard spot too. Um, you know, like I said earlier, whether that being off the bench or in a starting role, we will certainly see. It is going to be really interesting next season. I was, uh, you know, I, I always do look forward to, to the new seasons. You know, with the thought of these big time recruits coming in, I had a bigger sense of excitement than I do now. Um, the, the excitement's not completely lost. Obviously, uh, it, it's still a stinger. Oh, just given the last uh, day or so with with these decommitments and and everything that's been going on, it, it's a real gut punch. And uh, I'm still excited for the next uh, basketball season just to see how all these kids play out. And uh, I, I'm looking forward to the 2021 class and uh, seeing if Juwan's able to rebound and, and get some uh, uh, elite talent there. And there's there's some elite talent to be had. We'll certainly see if uh, he's able to go out and get some, but. I think that's about all I got for for basketball. Um, do you have any final thoughts, John? Uh, don't want to uh, leave you hanging on anything here. Uh, not really. Uh, yeah, I don't know if we should get used to this or not. With how with the guys that Howard's going to pursue, um, hopefully we can win one of these battles once in a while. Uh, yeah, we'll we'll see. I, I think we t- we've talked a good amount. I, I, yeah, I mean, there's there's not much else to be said. Obviously, you know, we've we've recapped everything pretty much here. Um, you know, well, I, I think 2021 will be telling just to, just to see the kind of guys that Howard goes after and if he continues to go after all the five stars and you know because he went after a few of them in this 2020 class and he's swung and miss on all of them. Um, Namari Burnett being another one that Michigan was in contention in early on and he committed to Texas Tech. And that's when they shifted all their uh, focus to uh, Christopher. So, yeah, it'll be interesting. 2021 will be a very telling class, and uh, I'm looking forward to being able to cover it on here on maizeandbrew.com. It'll be fun, hopefully, hopefully more fun than, than what we're doing right now. But, but yeah, that, that wraps up our uh, basketball talk. We'll come back. We'll talk some football and uh, bring us some good news to uh, wrap up the uh, podcast here today. So stick around. We'll be right back. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors in life, whether they be big, small, or anywhere in between. And when we keep those bottled up, it can start to affect us in a negative way. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched up with a licensed therapist, and if for some reason that therapist isn't working out for you, you can switch at any time for no additional charge. Get life's challenges off your chest with BetterHelp. 
Visit BetterHelp.com slash Block M to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Block M. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And we're back. We're going to cut out the negative news. We're going to end on a high note. And uh, believe it or not, we did have a commitment in the last few days, especially the last time since we've recorded here on the football, uh, on, on the gridiron here, football gained a commitment from uh, 2021 four-star offensive lineman Raheem Anderson. He's a, a big-time player. He's in-state, plays at Cast Tech. He is uh, about to start his fourth season starting on the offensive line at Cast Tech, and that's something that uh, not many people can really say. All five crystal balls were in on Michigan. He ended up committing on Easter Sunday, and uh, it was a, a nice uh, little gift basket for uh, Raheem to leave on the doorsteps of Michigan fans on Easter Sunday. He's the uh, 211th overall player in the 2021 class, the number three center and number seven player in the state of Michigan on the composite. He's listed at six foot three, 298. And uh, he had uh, other good, pretty good offers. Uh, honestly, he had offers from Georgia. Uh, he picked one up from LSU. He had one from Michigan state, uh, Nebraska, Ole Miss, places like that. So uh, he, his talents were uh, wanted pretty much all over the country. Uh, he's going to be the center recruit for Michigan. Now in this class, uh, uh, Crippen, um, Greg Crippen, I almost said Ed Crippen. I was wanting to combine uh, Ed Warner and Greg Crippen there. But Greg Crippen, the, uh, a four-star offensive lineman from IMG, it, it seemed like he was going to be the center of the class, but he's probably versatile enough to where you can bring in Anderson, put him at center, and uh, Crippen can play either guard or center. And uh, that, that versatility is definitely welcome in the offensive line room. So Michigan now at eight commits in the class, 10th overall uh, recruiting class on the uh, 24-7 national ranking here. So a big-time pickup for Ed Warner and uh, Michigan. They've now got three offensive linemen in this class. John, what are your initial thoughts on Anderson and what he brings to uh, Ann Arbor? I like uh, Anderson a lot. I think he brings a lot to the table as a very experienced center. Michigan's been pretty good at getting these guys who have played center in high school to start with Cesar Ruiz and then Crippen and now uh, Anderson here. So they're, that makes them better, more equipped to play right away at the, the next level, I think. You know, Ruiz started as a guard his, his true freshman season. Uh, ideally, I think Crippen and Anderson are going to redshirt anyway just because there's so much depth but I think they can step in pretty seamlessly. Um, I like Anderson more as a center than Crippen. I know a lot of people said when Crippen committed that he was a natural center uh, or whatever, but I think his skills are better for, for guard. And Anderson's a little bit shorter, too. He's, he's listed 6'3", but probably only 6'2". Um, he's 285 already, so he's got good uh, size. 
uh, in that aspect, but I think that that height kind of limits his ability to go to the guard position. Um, but he's he's pretty fluid. Uh, he's got good footwork. I really like how he uh, drive keeps his feet driving once he makes contact uh, with defenders, which which helps him you know finish blocks off. He's he's got a good mean nasty streak. He pancakes a lot of dudes. Um, he's good at getting to the second level. Um, so he's pretty athletic. Uh, he started as a, well, if he plays a senior season, it'll be four years as a starter at Cast Tech, which is not an easy thing to do. You know, Cast Tech's been the traditional powerhouse in the Detroit area. So he's got a lot of experience. He's played early. Uh, I don't know. He's just, he's a good solid guy that's got a high floor. Um, so he's going to, I think once uh, Rumler and Carpenter, Zach Carpenter, uh, start are slated into their spots probably at one's going to be at center one's going to be at guard maybe as soon as the season um i think after those guys leave or graduate then it'll be anderson's time probably as a redshirt sophomore or junior so it'll give him time to develop kind of like the wisconsin path where no no uh lineman really starts before their third year on campus and then they just come out as beast from the beginning so give him a couple years in the weight room i think uh he'll be a really good prospect when it's all said and done yeah, and you, you wrote up a full scouting report that is on mazeandbrew.com right now. You can go check it out, read that, catch up on all of that stuff. I, one thing that you had mentioned, yeah, you, you had mentioned that you like Crippen more as a guard. Uh, so it's definitely welcome uh, news to your ears to see that Anderson has committed now. But uh, it, it's leaving an interesting spot for Ed Warner and uh, Michigan. They've already got three offensive line commits in the class with uh, Giovanni El Hadi being the other one. He's probably the right tackle of uh, the 2021 class for Michigan, but there are a ton of other guys out there still waiting uh, to, to give their verbal commitment. Uh, uh, you know, you got guys like Rocco Spindler and Garrett Dellinger over at Clarkston. Uh, those guys are both four stars and Dellinger being an offensive tackle and uh, Spindler being probably an interior guy. But then you still got guys like David Davikov, who's uh, probably going to be a tackle in college. Drew Kendall uh, being an offensive lineman that can play either left guard, center or right guard, more of like in the Crippen mold of things. So there are a few guys left out here. I, I just can't imagine Michigan taking in all of these guys, and it seems like they lead for pretty much all of them. I'd say Dellinger probably being the one that they don't uh, definitively lead for, and I guess you could argue that Kendall, they don't really lead lead for, but it, it looks like Michigan's in a real good spot. Uh, but Spindler, I would say Michigan's probably in a, a, a good position with as well. And uh, David Kov, I would imagine that Michigan's in a good spot with too here. So there are a few guys left here, so I, I just can't see them taking six guys, John. Uh, that would just be a big class of offensive linemen. Uh, they took six a few cycles ago, and, and they've got, uh, I think, four or five coming in as true freshmen this year. I think they've got four coming in. Uh, so a, it would be a big haul if they're able to get all those guys in, but uh, with the amount of guys that they've already got and the amount of interior guys that they've already got, I just can't see that happening. Yeah, I don't know. It's there. It is in a. It's a weird spot. It's gone from Michigan's looking to take four offensive linemen to now five if they get the right guys to now six if they get Drew Kendall and David Koff, and then they're not going to turn down Spindler in any uh, 
in any situation. Not a chance. So I think it depends more on like the order that these guys commit. Um, I think Drew Kendall has been really uh, trending strongly now to Michigan here. He's FaceTiming with the coaches a lot. Um, I think that Michigan may be the leader right now, and he said he may push up his decision timeline from July, August to May, which is I think is a good sign for Michigan. So if he ends up committing before, he's a top 110 guy um, right now, and then he commits before Spindler. Because uh, Spinner is originally planned to come in May, but I don't think that's the – he's kind of doing the opposite. He's pushing his recruitment back. So if that happens, uh, yeah, they're going to take Spindler no matter what. Um, I don't know if they end up trying to process these guys, like a guy like Crippen, uh, which I really don't want them to do. I think they just take them all. Um, but it's it's going to be a weird spot. I think they take David Koff no matter what too, just because he's more of a tackle guy. Um, and they, yeah. they want someone on the outside. Um, but yeah, there's, there's definitely a log jam on the, the interior. I know that it's def- it's been shot down to that Spindler is going to play defensive tackle. I know that they've purely been recruiting him on the offensive side, and I think that's what Spindler wants to play in college, so that's kind of a non-starter. So yeah, I think it's just kind of it's a good problem to have uh, that you're in on so, these, so many of these linemen that that, that there's more, peop- more guys that want to commit to you than not, but you, you do still have to spend, finish – the class off i know like notre dame is coming after coming after spindler hard penn state's also making a push so mm-hmm. i don't know maybe if he sees kendall and anderson and crippen all in the same class he he kind of loses interest or you know he wants to go to a place that has better uh chance for him to play early uh so who knows uh what happens from here but i, I think regardless michigan would take kendall if he wanted to commit now and would take Spindler if uh, if they already had Kendall on board. Yeah, I, I feel the exact same way. If Kendall ends up committing here in the next month or so, and uh, or Spindler wants to push his commitment back to the fall or or even to December signing period, who knows how long it's going to be. I, I think Michigan and Ed Warner, I think they'd take Spindler no matter what. I think he's just a, a, a tip-top talent in the state that you can't let go if you don't want him to uh, if you don't want him to go elsewhere which at this point i feel like obviously they wouldn't want a top 50 guy in the state of michigan to go elsewhere even though you may already have uh, the bodies on the offensive line in the class to accommodate to uh to your future needs but spindler is a, a real special talent i just i i can't see them denying him uh, a scholarship if if uh, they end up getting Kendall to commit, and then if David Kov were to commit before Spindler did, I, I just can't see them saying no uh, to Rocco. I, they've been recruiting him way too hard at this point, and uh, it, it would just be it'd be a lot of wasted time on their part, quite honestly. But um, no, I think I think he has a spot in in the class no matter what happens. But uh, yeah, it would it would just be really interesting to see them take six offensive linemen again. Uh, in this class after doing that a couple cycles ago. And then uh, they've got Zach Zinter as a true freshman uh, income in this season. And then uh, Reese Atterbury and uh, Jeffrey Percy. And uh, yeah, I mean, they've, they've just got a ton of talent on the offensive line. Like you said, it's a good problem to have. Ed Warner's got a good problem on his hands to uh, sort out who the best of the bunch is and who, who the starting five is going to be. It is, it is a, a lot better of a spot that Michigan has been in, uh, since Warner's been the offensive line coach at Michigan beforehand, 
it, it was definitely not the way it is now. It, it was uh, it was pretty rough, uh, pretty rough to the point where, like you had mentioned earlier, again, Ruiz was starting at right guard for a few games his true freshman season because they just didn't have the, the talent and the depth uh, behind them. And uh, it's just something that they had to roll with. And I feel like at this point in time, it's not something that they're going to have to do very often uh, moving forward here. They've, they, they had a, a Barnhart playing uh, backup uh, a little bit at left tackle last season. Uh, he, he got a crack at the two deep there. And uh, Jalen Mayfield did the same his true freshman season. He, he got, had a crack at the two deep at uh, uh, left left tackle, maybe, right tackle, one of the tackle spots. And uh, you're not going to see these true freshmen starting uh, by any means. So, no, good problem to have. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how this all plays out. But, yeah, no, it's it's a good addition for Raheem to uh, uh, join the program. It's some good news on a, a day that otherwise had bad news um, for Michigan as a whole. So, uh, that's pretty much all I got here. I, I think we've we've recapped this uh, to the extent of our abilities. Do you have any other final words on Anderson, on offensive line in general, on anything that we've talked about? Uh, I don't think so. It's going to be another good class. Uh, Ed Warner's really transformed the offensive line room in a short time, I think. Um, now hopefully it just translates to the, the defensive line too. Yeah, I agree. And uh, – I've got a story actually coming up on Mason Brew about a uh, defensive lineman that they offered recently. Sean New has been been uh, uh, chomping at the bit to get some defensive linemen in the class, and and uh, they've got one in the class right now, Dominic Geodice. Uh, but let's be honest, he he probably won't play a ton, uh, given that no one knew him before he committed, and uh, there isn't a whole lot of tape on him for us to evaluate. So. Yeah, Quentin Somerville is a guy that they're going after on the D-line, but I, I'll have a story on uh, another kid uh, tomorrow on uh, Mason Brew. Or, well, it'll be today by the time this comes out. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see uh, what happens on both lines and just what happens in general. There's a ton of talent left to be had in this 2021 class. We'll see how they finish, but it should be another uh, uh, top 15 class at the very least for the Wolverines. So, uh, thanks for joining us today. Uh yeah, this was quite the interesting podcast. Definitely didn't think that uh, when I woke up today that we would be recording about not only uh, Josh Christopher, but also Isaiah Todd. Uh, crazy things happen in recruiting, and sometimes you just got to expect the unexpected. And uh, I will learn my lesson, and I will do so next time. So uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Vaughn underscore Lozon. John, where are you at on Twitter? At Simmons underscore John. And follow Mason Brew on Twitter at maize and brew where you can uh see all of our stories posted and all of our reactions to everything that has happened in the last few days give maize and brew a like on instagram and on facebook and uh please be sure to rate and subscribe all of our podcasts here on the maize and brew podcast platform and uh we will be back next week hopefully with some better news for all of you guys i sure hope so uh but until then he is john i am vaughn thank you for listening and go blue